Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be free of spoilers of future episodes, but spoiler alert on previous episodes we've discussed on the podcast. I'm Jason, and I feel extremely bad for Merle and his nose. I'm Harrison, and I thought it was sexy when Lila threatened Merle. (laughs) (laughs) Jason, what episode are we watching today? Or yesterday, in my case. (laughs) We're watching Angel Season 2, Episode 12, Blood Money. This is the one where uh, an old friend comes to town to fight Angel... Um, Angel finds out that Wolfram and Hart's, like, stealing or skimming money from, uh, from a charitable organization, a homeless shelter, and, or a halfway house or something, uh, mm. and then, uh, oh yeah, and Gun Cordelia and, uh, Wesley are trying to figure out their new direction. Mm-hmm. Blood Money was written by Sean Ryan and Mayor Smith and was directed by R.D. Price, and it originally aired on January 23rd, 2001. Also, my grandma's birthday, there just like go. last week. Mm-hmm. Jason, what are we drinking this week? Your uh, your husband John was kind enough to make us very visually appealing, mm-hmm. like aesthetically pleasing cosmopolitans. Yeah, they're very pink. Yes. Um, when I went in there to check on the uh, the uh, the making of them, uh, something happened when he was pouring in the shots of cranberry juice, and he. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, I, I think he was pouring it into the the jigger. Um, is that what that's called? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think he like overflowed and it went like into the cocktail. So he's like, he was like, I hope that's not too much cocktail or cranberry juice. And I was like, it should be fine. <laughs> I mean, my favorite like one of my favorite mixed drinks is a vodka cranberry. Yeah. So I'm I'm not gonna be bothered by it. Which is what I offered you until yeah. John was like. <laughs> counterpoint i could make us cosmos i mean like it, when somebody offers you offers to make you a cosmopolitan you don't turn that down no 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 especially when the bartender is adept as john is. yes indeed uh so yeah very pretty cosmos um why don't you take us in a toast okay um here is to uh you know what we, we actually just mentioned it because it just found it out today but uh of our recording but uh gilbert Gottfried passed mm-hmm. away so um definitely a voice that you will remember Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah like a voice from my youth because i love like the aladdin movies and the aladdin tv series oh yeah which still isn't on disney plus oh of all like they have they have the little mermaid animated series on there but they don't have aladdin Mm -hmm. which was actually really kind of dope i'm gonna i'm gonna go i i now know but after we finish this i'm going on a rabbit hole of discovering who owns the rights to to the Aladdin TV show. So the, so the weird thing is, like, Return of the J- Return of Jafar was meant to be the pilot mm-hmm. of the TV series, and King of Thieves was meant to be the finale of the TV series. Oh. So they have both of those on Disney+, hmm. Plus. they just don't have the series. That's so strange. But, um, but yeah, like, uh, Gilbert Gottfried uh, obviously lent his voice to the ever-memorable Iago the parrot. So, um, 
And also, like, several other things, uh, such as the original voice of the Affleck Duck, too. Indeed. Um, but yeah, his voice is one that will never be forgotten. Cheers. It's good. It is good. There's something floating in mine. And I'm hoping it's just, like, a piece of lime. Yeah, I think, um, I think I've got some of that, too. I think it's yeah. just, like, lime pulp. Yeah, this one just looks a little darker. I'm worried a fruit fly landed in it and died. <laughs> um. Great. <laughs> uh. All right. Um, so just real quick before we talk about the episode overall, I just we didn't watch this one together, so I don't I don't know what your vibes were, and you don't know what my vibes were. So we're just kind of what we what are your vibes with this episode? Uh, this episode was um, very much filler. Mm. Um, and it, it kind of sucks, like, having, like, it just in respect to Angel, going from, like, two episodes that were so damn on it, and th- to kind of, like, um, now we're just kind of exploring this new status quo where Angel is off doing his own thing and going about it really kind of in a sleazy manner, and, um... And then obviously Wes Cordelia and Gunn are uh, trying to flourish without him. Yeah. I I agree with you, although I, I think I'm going to push back a little on referring to it as filler. I, I, I... And I'll explain as we go along. Like, I do think this episode serves a very specific purpose. Like, I don't think it's just a throwaway. Mm-hmm. But it does, it's... This like I think thematically and like yeah, like you said, exploring like this new dynamic for the characters. Um I think all of that stuff works for me, but the story itself Yeah, is when I when thin. I say yeah, when I say filler, it, it really refers to especially with shows created by Joss Whedon, mm-hmm. uh filler episodes are really just episodes where the story is not something that you really remember. Um, I feel like every episode of a Joss Whedon show has, for better or worse, character development in some way, usually for the better, (laughs) because I think the thing that makes shows like Buffy, Angel, and Firefly succeed so much, even if it's only on for one season like Firefly was, is how the characters develop. Agreed. Yeah. Um, So let's get into it. Yeah. So uh, we start off with uh, Wesley and Gunn, eye to eye, ready to just unleash all hell on each other. And turns out they're playing Risk, and what sucks at playing <laughs> Risk, at least compared to Gunn. Gunn is apparently amazing at it. Um, and uh, yeah, I find it interesting that the two of them are playing Risk in Cordelia's apartment uh, and Cordelia's trying to sleep at 7.30 at night. Yeah. Um, th- it's a strange dynamic all around, because I feel like if you're going to make a Risk joke, it's got to be one in the morning, because Risk lasts forever. Oh my gosh. I've, uh, I've only played Risk once, and it was Game of Thrones-themed Risk, okay. um, which is actually kind of cool, because it has, depending on the number of players you have, you can do just the Westeros map, or you can, if you have more players, you can incorporate the Essos map, which was fun. Mm-hmm. But I 
not necessarily being adept at the game, having not played it before, um, but having an understanding of like which parts of Westeros were like strategically the best. That's how I played with like mm-hmm. the TV show rules. So like, um, I can't remember what it's called, but like that piece of land, but that like that's very thin between the north and and like uh, I think the Reach maybe. Yeah, uh, that's where the that's where the Tullys are. Yeah, that one in the show in books is like really important strategically because it's like a bottleneck. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I want that. That's what I want. Well, in the game, that fucking sucked. <laughs> so best best risk story I've ever heard actually comes from a friend of the podcast Ben Gerhardt. Um, when he meets with a certain part of his family, they are ruthless when it comes to risk. <laughs> However. Um, they forced his cousin Ariel to play, and uh, she wasn't entirely interested in playing it, so she just decided to um, put all of her resources and all of her troops in Greenland based on the fact that her color was green. <laughs> and she fucking won! Because <laughs> nobody that. could take down Greenland because it was just full of her troops. I love that. That's hilarious. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, but yeah, and um, Cordelia's trying to get them to leave. And uh, I, I do love the fact that um, Cordelia refuses to play Risk with them. Uh, but uh, yeah, and so they are kind of just sitting around. It doesn't seem like they have a plan at the moment for having their own branch of Angel Investigations. Um, then they're like, I think at this point, they're either waiting for Angel to call um and he's not going to or they're waiting for um cordelia to uh have a vision and uh wes does say that we should get rid of these stupid calling cards <laughs> and he was like hey i worked really hard on those and what what is gun he said a lobster with a growth i and i once again Pushing back on them. I am on Cordy's side. I think these are lovely calling cards. I love the logo. So I do too. But they, but yeah, like uh, Wes does make a point that it is the symbol of everything that they're trying to avoid at the moment. Uh, so they want to make their own logo. And, uh, and uh, I can't remember what, what like Gunn and Wes start bonding about. Uh, but they like get really into, uh, Maybe that maybe it's trashing the the calling cards. I think it is. Um, and uh, that's oh yeah, they're trying to come up with a motto like "We'll be there for you when you fall." Of course, <laughs> as they say that Cordelia has vision and falls down. Now, I'm not gonna lie. At first, I thought that she was just doing this to make them go away. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be on brand uh, for her. I mean, she's done it before. Yeah. She's like, "Hey, I'm getting a vision." <laughs> We gotta go this place. <laughs> uh, but yes, there's apparently a giant two-headed fire-breathing thing, and they have to go fight it. And uh, yeah, good luck with that, guys. Um, Angel uh, bumps into a woman, uh, and she has a box full of clothes. Falls on the ground. Uh, she start. He starts to help her, like pick everything up. She explains that she explains that there are like clothes for a shelter, homeless shelter. Or Teen Center, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and like, Angel, you know, after 
since the last time we one he's more talkative <laughs> two he's not setting his ex on fire <laughs> um but uh she and um he just says like he seems interested in her work and uh then like kind of like you know lets her go lets her go um but it's revealed when he goes back to his uh to the hotel that he took her wallet and uh he has Rude. pictures <laughs> Um, and you're like, why does he have pictures of this girl whose name is Anne? Mm-hmm. Uh, and turns out that one of the pictures has her talking to our boy Lindsay. Lindsay. So should, should we talk about Anne real quick and where we've seen her before? Where have we seen her before? <gasps> you don't know? No. Um, All right. So Anne has appeared twice, not on Angel, but on Buffy. Okay. This starting to sound familiar now. Anne first appears in season two episode Lie to Me with the like vampire groupies. Okay. Uh, where she play she is going by the name Chanterelle. All right. This yep. Now it's ringing a bell. And then she appeared next as uh, going by the name Lily in the episode Anne, where she meets Buffy okay. in L.A. Yeah, that's it. And then she takes she takes the Anne name. Yeah. And I'm so happy for her. Look at how she's gotten her life together. That's some good continuity. It's so good. And it it's... Uh, I just... I am impressed that this minor character has gotten what I find to be a very believable, like, arc over that's the seen, course of these appearances. And, you know, that seems like a little treat for the fans. Yeah. Because, I mean, like I said, I didn't even remember it. I didn't even think about it. Um, but that didn't hinder the story yeah. at all. Um, because, you know... She could just be a new character, but yeah, yeah that adds like a nice little, it's, it's a nice little treat. There's some subtle touches to it. She has a line where she's like, I used to be into vampires. And and I'm... she knows like, and she's not stupid. She knows like that yeah. demons exist. Yeah. Which is, yeah, if you're not like, if you don't remember that she's this character, all of that just is like, oh wow, it's cool. Like she's working with these teens who live on the street. So of course she is picked up things that like you know like we've seen with guns uh crew mm-hmm. um uh yeah it's fun uh wesley and gun are uh in the sewers and this scene makes me smile because uh you get fire breathing but the only <laughs> idea we have of this thing's appearance is the descriptions that gun and west give because it's a network tv budget yeah um but it is very big it also doesn't breathe fire it farts it (laughs) i am in love with uh j august richard's delivery of i thought cordy said it breathed fire fire. (laughs) let's wait for it to yeah and then and like it's preceded by west saying let's wait for it to turn around (laughs) yeah hilarious um and yeah it's like it's a sort of thing where it's like oh am i a little bummed that we don't get to see gun and wesley fight this fire breathing monster yeah do i also understand that if we did it would probably look like shit yeah so this is a good compromise honestly yeah and the fact that they're able to make it humorous um you're like oh it's very much kind of reminiscent of the zeppo mm-hmm. of how you have this like monster that we only get like little little tiny over the shoulder shots of yeah. or whatever qualifies for shoulders on that thing <laughs> and uh yeah it, it's hilarious because 
you know, oh, of course they can't show that. Like, they don't have the budget <laughs> for it. <laughs> um, and when they try, we get Rodney the snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, Merle gets hit in the face for the first time in this episode, but not the last. Um, yeah, he is demanding... Uh, Angel shows up and he wants information uh, about Anne, um, who's running the shelter, and uh, he knows that Wolfram and Hart is connected to the shelter. And, uh, and it turns out that Merle's the one who's been taking pictures uh, of Anne. So, um, and you know, he's not too enthused about helping out Angel since the last time we saw him, he was uh, leaving him to drown upside down in the sewer. Um, oh, Merle, this poor man. Yeah, he, he, I, I feel bad for him. <laughs> and then, like, Angel has the audacity to, like... Um, to uh, say like, oh, use the money that I give you to like buy some decent furniture, beanbag chairs. Like, you know, Angel, not yeah. everybody has a hotel that they can a whole a whole hotel to themselves. Right. Invite him to stay. You've got five hundred rooms. Yeah, I, I do. Bougie son of a bitch. <laughs> David Boreanaz is just like very disappointed. Merle. That was really <laughs> funny, though. I was like, wow. Also, um, also, shout out to my uh, second favorite background item in this episode, the uh, light blue iMac. Um, oh, where was that? That was in Merle's lair. Oh, I didn't even you, notice yeah. that. Oh, I did. <laughs> uh, that I just remembered um, having those computers in my uh, old computer lab in my grade school. And uh, those always stuck out to me. I feel like they were the most memorable computer designs oh, I've yeah. ever seen. And like the fact that they came in all the different colors, uh, yeah. it just it, and I honestly wouldn't mind just having one, even though I know like it. One, I don't. I've never owned an Apple uh, computer. I only had like a an iPod and an iPhone. Uh, but I think it would be funny. Like it would, it would just be like a nice little bit of nostalgia. Oh yeah, Th- yeah. Those things were fucking dope. Um, and uh, so Angel shows up at the shelter, and uh, to talk to Anne, and uh, he comes with the guise of bringing clothes. <laughs> he brings Cordelia's clothes. <laughs> um, wow. <laughs> yeah, that that might be the most despicable thing he does in this episode. That is. Yeah, that, I mean that is a that is such a personal insult to Cordelia specifically. And I know he's not intending it as such. It's you know it's just like also oh, but... when she also when Anne asks if like it's the uh, oh is that an ex girlfriend? He's like oh god no. Right. I'm like hey, well she's brunette, so well, <laughs> yeah. Like you know what Angel? At this point, you'd be lucky to have somebody like Cordelia. Read, jeez. Um. And uh, she takes, uh, he says, like, oh, I wish I could do more to help. And uh, she says, like, oh, well, I mean, if you got time, uh, do a chore. And so she shows him the office and that uh, also includes, like, a little bed because sometimes uh, she just stays too late. So, um, and that might actually be, like, a reference to mm. what, she, like, her kind of living situations before this. Oh, agreed. Um, and it just, and it, and it just shows her dedication. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, no, the, yeah, the, Anne is definitely a, a good person. Love her. Um, and this, the office has my first favorite background item, and that is the board game Axis and Allies. Oh. Um, 
And I saw that sitting on the uh, shelf. I always remember Axis and Allies because uh, my brother had it. And it was a game that, uh, it was fairly similar to Risk, except not everybody knew how to play Axis and Allies. Sometimes it was a little more complicated. There was, uh, there was money involved. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you play as, um, it takes place during World War II. You play as uh, either an allied nation or an Axis nation. And uh, I always feel bad because um, I don't think I ever saw anybody play it except my brother and whoever like played it with him. Mm-hmm. Um, he also like actually um, asked me uh, recently like, "Oh, I'm like clearing stuff out to donate. Do you want access and allies?" I'm like, "Oh, but that was your game." And so this, I find it funny that this is like the only other place that I've seen it. It's really interesting that we've got both of these games in this episode. Um, one is like a a focal point of a scene not a major one but um and one is a background detail and you know um, i think um i may be wrong on this uh but i think i also noticed the jumanji board game hmm. in uh, in the office as well that's interesting um, that is a game that i had as a kid oh me too loved it um and yeah. i honestly like they have it at target they have like a reprinting of it at target they also have a deluxe edition that costs fifty dollars mm-hmm. but it like it has like the th- the circle in the middle lights up, yeah, like in the movies and everything, and it's like and it and, and it, it opens folds, up, yeah, because yeah. that's the thing. I in the original, it's just like a red standard board game, yeah. And the, it's a card that like you put under the red thing, and yeah. Goes, and I remember being a, like a little disappointed, where I was like, oh, but I thought I was getting like the game. So like, if I <laughs> if I bought that, would you want to play it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll think about it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, and Anne explains that um, the shelter's been had a couple rough months, but the only thing that's really keeping it afloat right now is help from Wolfram and Hart. And they have a uh, fundraiser coming up called a Highway Robbery Ball, which actually kind of sounds like white as hell, <laughs> but a little fun. Like, I mean, if you're going to have, like, a, a charity ball or whatever, like... Um, Add, like, a little bit of fun to it. I agree. I will say, when that one actor is like, I'm going to kill my agent, I was <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I would I would have fun attending that event, but if I was someone who had to be, like, one of the performers, I... No. Oh, no, I'd No, thank that. you. Or, I, oh, no, so I, I, I am, hate that. I am, uh... There's been at least, um, once, and I honestly can't remember the details of it, that I did a, um that I did, like, a show for, like, fundraising purposes. And, I mean, yeah, it was silly, but I didn't really care. Like, I was just like, hey, I get to act, and I get to do it, like, for a good cause. I mean, granted, like, this person, obviously from a hit TV show, so they're like, uh, oh, yeah, I don't, uh, (laughs) like, this is beneath me. But, I mean, I'd like to think that even if I reach that level of fame, I would still enjoy doing stuff like that if it meant helping out people. I don't mind, because I, I've performed at like charitable events before. I don't mind performing at them. It's just like that type of performance of like, it, it, like going out and like, I don't know. I guess there's a certain level of like improv required that well, I'm not very comfortable with. Do you remember uh, when we did that Frankenstein promotion yes, and i was so uncomfortable <laughs> i did not like doing that at all i oh i hated that i actually thought it was kind of fun i know it's just because like, i mean we got to 
Because, I mean, we, yeah, Harrison and I were both in a production of Frankenstein. Uh, he was uh, Victor Frankenstein, and I was Henry Clerval. Um, and uh, one of the things to promote it was, uh, I don't even remember what the event was. Yeah, it's, it's it was like, like some kind of like Victorian thing, uh, Victorian uh, themed event. Yeah. Uh, but our director wanted us to like promote the, uh, promote the show. And uh, so we did that, but we got to do it in character. Um, and, you know... I I, 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 th- I liked it. I thought it was kind of yeah. fun. I found um, it very uncomfortable. Because, I, mean, I mean, like, we, we get so used to being in character for the show. But, like, when we're in character... But this gives you a chance to, like, be in character and, like, say things that you normally wouldn't say. Yeah. But also, like, still matches the character. And also... Paul uh, just lurking around the yard as yeah, the creature was so funny. Hit the easiest job. Yeah, it's just a little out. That's just outside of my comfort zone. Fair enough. Um, like, I, like, I get. I, guess... I totally hear like why it appealed to you, but just yeah, like I, I just I don't enjoy like improv sort of things. Like I really like having a script to work with. Gotcha. And like, um, and and especially if it's like not comedic. Like I can handle improv if I'm like. It's like a comedy thing, but like that was very weird. I did, would, yeah, I did not. Would you it. would you ever do like one of those like whodunit um, things, or is that like on that level? I did one one time, and yeah, it just yeah, I did. I didn't hate that because I was like with friends and we weren't performing for people, um, like like a murder mystery party, mm-hmm. but like yeah. Like, one of the ones that are, like, the ones where people are doing that, but, like, for an audience? No, I would not enjoy okay. that at all. They're fun to go to. I'm sure, um, uh, yeah, I think I would enjoy attending one, mm-hmm. but, no. Anyhow. Uh, but, yeah, so the point of this, uh, the highway robbery ball, is that um, celebrities are going to uh, dress up as, like, Old West uh, robbers, and uh, they're going to, like, you know, stick the... Um, stick all the donors at all the attendees at this ball up at gunpoint and take their money and give it to that. So, I mean, that it's kind of funny. Um, and Wolferman Hart is providing everything for the event, which makes Angel a little suspicious. Meanwhile, Merle gets hit in the face for the second time in this episode. Still not the last. Uh, it turns out there is a very large demon named Boone who um, is trying to find Angel... And, uh, yeah, decides to, like, milk a Merle for that info. <laughs> <laughs> um, Merle does say that, uh, he does things for Angel, like photographing. Uh, he says, like, right now he's got a, uh, bead on two lawyers, uh, for, um, like, he basically is trying to make their lives a living hell. And, uh, Merle's like, what lawyers? And then we get our cut to Lila walking to her car. And uh, I like how she does check in the mirror, um, (laughs) which is a nice touch. Uh, And then when she, like, first of all, way to always check your mirror, Lila. I know that most people don't do that. Well, some people don't do that. I honestly don't know how many people don't. But it (laughs) seems like uh, something that you normally don't do. I'll admit I don't normally check my mirrors unless I'm getting into another car. It's easy that's to forget. N- yeah. Um, also, I have a rear view camera, so that's awesome. Uh, fancy. Uh, no, I love that thing. That has made parallel parking so much easier, especially because I have to parallel park on your dang street every time. <laughs> um, 
But, uh, and so she checks her mirror, nothing there. Uh, then, like, turns around to, uh, as she backs out and sees Angel there. And, uh, this, this scene, um, if you want to know, like, how far gone Angel has become, this is probably the best example of it mm-hmm. because he is straight up abusing Lila and threatening her. And, uh, yeah, he, he does say, like, oh, you guys have screwed with me, like, all his time now it's time for me to screw you screw with you and uh yeah it's it's very uncomfortable mm-hmm. um one just because angels because angels doing it it's like we were we we've seen wolfram and hart resort to this like nasty slimy behavior but now you're doing it and it's not right yeah um but also just you know a man doing that to a woman is not like very uncomfortable yeah, and then, you know, and it's, like, complicated, too, because she's very, very evil. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, yeah, on one hand, it's, like, does, you know, does she have it coming? Like, does she deserve this? Maybe, but at the same time, like, and see, there's like, a massive power imbalance here. Like, just physical power imbalance. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you wanted to kill her right there, nothing she could do about it. She'd be yeah. dead. Um, and she knows it. You can tell. Stephanie Romanov is... Both her and Lindsay Mc- or Christian Kane mm-hmm. uh, as Lindsay McDonald are both just phenomenal in these roles, um, and they both get to do some really nice work in this episode. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he he basically threatens them, says that he has info about like what they're planning on doing with the with like the money from the charity, and uh, so then he leaves uh lila relates this to Lindsay, and uh Lindsay's just kind of annoyed at it and he's just like oh well you're alive um and uh and <laughs> who cares <laughs> um but uh i love that um and and lila does make the uh comment that oh angel isn't playing by the same rules anymore like this is what wolfram and hart has done to him mm-hmm. We actually find out probably the most important scene later. We find out why. Yeah. Um, and uh, which I, I honestly, when I said that this episode's filler, I did like kind of forget about that part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that part is important. Um, it is kind of just the overall story that mm-hmm. is kind of meh. But uh, and the secretary for Lindsay. He's like, oh, your 10 o'clock is here. He's like, I don't have a 10 o'clock. I don't want to tell him that. And then, <laughs> boom, burst in and uh, says that he has, uh, he has like a score to settle with Angel. And, uh, and uh, Lindsay says, yeah, we want you to, want you to do that. Um, we'll let you like go at Angel. Lila pulls him aside and she's like, hey, what, um, what are you doing? <laughs> what you doing, buddy? Yeah, uh, you know that, um, like, what if he ends up killing Angel and he says, oh, then I'll wipe away my tears with my plastic hand. <laughs> uh, whew. Um, I always remember that line because uh, sometimes you forget that they don't put too much emphasis yeah. on it um, until a, late, a much, kind of a later episode. When is the episode with the... It's this season. Is it this season? Okay. It is this season. Um, but it's like the last third of the season. That's what I thought. Um, 
But yeah, we forgot about his plastic hand. <laughs> um, and uh, so they decide to just... And uh, Lila, Lila does warn him that, uh, you know, people upstairs might get upset. And he's like, I don't care. Like, so what? Let's let them kill Angel. Oh, playing with matches, buddy. Yeah. Um, and I guess... Whew, I guess they've, like, been able to skate by so far. Mm -hmm. I mean, their last big fuck-up, they somehow managed to, like, stumble backwards into a promotion. Yeah. So, uh... Well, and that is I, the thing later. I think, yeah, we see that Lindsay's gotten a bit cocky. And he, you know, he's been forgiven so many times. And as their new boss later is just like, by the way... I'm not as fucking nice as Holland was. Yeah. So. Nathan Reed. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and by the way, Boone does tell about his past with Angel. Basically that uh, they got into a three and a half hour fight one time, but the sun started coming up. And so Boone let him get away. And they're like, why'd you do that? It's like, and this is actually a really good line. Uh, he says like, someone's coming up. It would have been too easy. Don't you people know anything about decency? And Lila just smiles. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, now nah, I would have let that bitch fry. Um, turns out Wes and Gunn actually beat the demon Yay. on their own. Proud of them. Yeah. Um, they. Uh, it was really funny when they were sneaking up on it. And, um, and Gunn says, like, don't you think we should bring... Uh, and Angel, and Wes says, for the last time, I'm not calling Angel. I was like, I was thinking more dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, and like it turned out to be quite the epic battle. And uh, and they're celebrating with uh, tall, cheap-looking beers. Yep. Uh, and Cordelia says, oh, um, so guys, I uh, did something. I started looking at an office for our, that could be our new office. And they're like, and they're pumped about it. Yeah. Um, and they are trying to decide what is the best name for the, for the, uh, for the agency. Both of them, like all of them saying their last names <laughs> and, uh, there's no real agreement, but you know, they're like, they're bonding. Like yeah. they've got that friendship that has built up over these two years. Yeah. This is fun. This seems fun because it, it is, it reminds me a lot of the fight, the three-way fight that they had in Caritas when they were drinking. Yeah. Where their, like, the allegiances during the fight keep swapping mm -hmm. depending on what's most convenient. But here, like, that you're, that same sort of thing is happening, but, like, in a joking, like, jovial way. Where, like, Wesley and Gunn will tease Cordy, but then it's... Cordy and Gunn's turn to tease Wesley and then um and it's, it's just a really sweet dynamic to see yeah and I like this dynamic because it is different from what we see in the Scoobies mm -hmm. um and it's not something that we're so that we're used to of uh, this it's taken a while to build this up obviously we started off with Doyle and then um brought on Wesley and <laughs> really I am that uh that black thing yeah, I I think it's I think I'm safe. Okay. <laughs> um and then like uh like Gun didn't really come along until late last season. Mm -hmm. But I love that this that this rapport is formed between them. It seems like 
it also seems like Gunn is a lot closer to them after the firing. Yeah. Um, and because, like, you know, when they were first fired and he says, like, man, this is always a side gig for me anyway. But then when he shows up at Caritas, it's like, oh, maybe this meant more to him than we thought. And now it seems like he's spending all of his time mm-hmm. with, Wes and, with Wes and Cordy. And yeah. I like it. I really like that. Yeah. Um, it really does make it feel like Gunn is a main character. Yes. And, uh, and not just someone who gets brought on yeah. to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now Merle gets hit in the face for the... Well, he walks into his... Uh, he walks into his lair. Lila's sitting there and she's got a thug. And the thug punches Merle in the face. So, and yeah, now he actually has to readjust his nose because it has been dislocated. Poor dude. Poor dude. Um, and, uh, oh, sorry, that's weird. Um, hmm. Sorry, like, uh, I'm reading the, I'm reading the summary on the Buffy Wiki and, uh, it's got like, at the same time this is happening, Angel bringing the clothes from the Hyperion, which um, which happened earlier. Yeah. So. Is this where he goes back to? Yeah. Yeah. He goes. Yeah. So, he does go back. Yeah. And so Lila is basically asking Merle for uh, for info about what Angel, what he does for Angel. And Merle's just like, I need to get a new demon lair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another really fun line was when um, Angel first shows up at Merle's place. He's like, I'm not inviting you in. And and Angel just walks in. He's like, demon lair doesn't apply. He's like, yeah, but I mean, it's polite. <laughs> it's rude. It's <laughs> rude. Um, yeah, Angel does show up, show back up at the shelter um Anne's working late and uh, she's like oh are you stalking me and he's like yes <laughs> angel buddy yeah um not having uh turns out not having his uh friend his team around <laughs> really fucks up how he interacts socially um he he does try to explain that uh he does come clean he's like oh yeah here are pictures that I had taken of you and here's your wallet that I stole from you. Uh, <laughs> I just couldn't lie to you anymore. Uh, not with what... Uh, and he tries to say that like he knows that Wolfram and Hart's going to steal money. And uh, Lindsay shows up. And uh, it's like, Anne, are you okay? This guy's unhinged. He cut off my hand. <laughs> and uh, and um, like Angel's like... Uh, Angel's ready to just like throw down with Lindsay. But at this point, Boone shows up. And... I'm not sure what Boone does. Like, it is, is it just like metal coils or something, something that, that like wrap that. around his hand? Yeah, it's Boone's whole vibe is weird. Yeah, it's kind um, of a throwaway character. That's another thing that like that's another mark I have against this episode. Yeah, Boone exists because they need the money to be stolen, and they need the money to have blood on it. <laughs> So there could be blood money. Yeah. So so it can't. So Angel can't just steal the money. He has to steal it. Yeah. It's yeah. Boone's weird. He, and he also yeah. gives me um. The whole time I was just like, uh, 
give me the vibes of uh, Yondu from Guardians of the Galaxy. And not just because he was blue, but it was something about, like, the ways eye makeup was done I can see too. that, yeah. I, I can totally um, get that. But yeah, I don't know. It was some weird, like, magic coil. And it didn't... Know. I'm not opposed to the idea of him having some sort of, like, weapon that, like, he can materialize. Mm-hmm. But it didn't look like anything more than just, like... Rebar no, wrapped around his... Yeah, like, like his the hands. demon equivalent of, like, a boxer wrapping, like bandages yeah. around his knuckles um he did uh he does however land in some good shots on angel and angel gets away um Anne is however worried uh, about what angel said and uh Lindsay's like he apparently had angel somehow has dirt on us yeah and uh like they don't know what they're gonna do with that so they're like we're gonna take some precautions um and uh when angel does go back um and says like oh you know i'm guessing you're a vampire because uh humans would just be humans would like be in the hospital right now uh unless you're xander <laughs> in which case let's hold off on going to the hospital even if your arm is broke even if your wrist is broken um sorry there's somebody at my front door <laughs> um probably another canvasser uh, and, um, but yeah, and she says that, um, Angel's trying to sh- say that this money that you're getting, it's like, it's not like you're getting it from Wolfram and Hart. Wolfram and Hart does terrible things. And she says like, Hey, I've seen terrible things happening to all the kids on LA in LA. And, um, and like, I don't really care. No. Um, I do, I really appreciate this scene because one, it does feel like, despite his shitty motivation, that Angel's true nature is trying to come through here where he's trying, I mean, this does feel like he's trying to save Anne's soul for the sake of it. Um, I don't think he's coming for the right place, but like, it. it see, I don't get that. Really? Uh, yeah, I, 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 just based on what the other things that Angel has done in this episode, I mean, like he, the the very fact that like he first met Anne under false pretenses, like makes me feel like this is all kind of a, a sham. I oh, mean, no. I agree and, that it is a yeah, sham. Like I, I think his primary motivation is, I want to fuck with Wolverine. I oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I just think this moment here is his the actual like angels compassion for other people attempting to break yeah. through. I think he fails utterly. But I also really appreciate Anne's perspective here. Like she's like okay, yeah, you're probably right. They probably are going to steal 2 million dollars and I'm only going to get like 5% of that, but I did the fucking math and that's $100,000 and I can help a lot of people with that. And he, he, you know, his counter is, you know, but yeah, think of all the harm they can do with the 2 million, which, okay, fair enough, but that's a really privileged position to be coming from. And Mm -hmm. Anne doesn't have that privilege. She has to think about the kids that she's taking care of. Um, and even then, we see her actions later in the episode that she is conflicted. And yeah, um, I just think that's so much good characterization for such a minor character. 
But yeah, and um, and he does say that uh, he does try to say like, hey, like this money is going to have blood on it, um, even if you can't see it. Turns out you will be able to see it, just for different reasons. Um, and uh, he uh, they says like, hey, if you get me inside the fundraiser, I have a videotape and it's got footage that'll expose Wolfman Hart, and like this is important. This is what needs to be done. Um, but yeah, she's so, but she's like, no, I'm not doing that. This is all about the kids. And uh, so then let's go to the ball where we get. Uh, you're probably wondering why Sam Anderson's name showed up in the credits. <laughs> you know, actually, I was when I saw his name. I was like, okay. And I, there was just something about it that I was just like, it's a video somehow. I don't remember why. I don't remember how the what the context is, but it's a video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. But yeah, it's a. And they've got, like, this nice little tribute to him because, uh, you know, he... He dead. He's dead. Uh, but, yeah, like, um, it shows him... I think the first time you see the video, he's with a dog or something. <laughs> yeah. And the second time in the video, he's with a troubled teen. <laughs> it's like, yeah, look how great of a guy Holland Manners was. <laughs> Do you think every employee on, on, like, staff has, like, this perfect pr video that they oh, have absolutely. to make in case of their untimely yeah, and violent I, well death. i mean lila says like optics are kind of the most important thing like all the yeah. exposure and stuff and uh lila is kind of laying it on thick um, <laughs> because she does introduce Anne to uh nathan reed who is like probably our new higher up yeah um Lindsay is basically going through uh, all the security um, they have a vampire detector set up. Uh, this one's rocking the hood. Yeah. Rocking the monk look. Um, and like we said before, um, Lila, Lila introduces the, uh, cast of some it's show. some show that's, yeah. yeah, very famous. There's a great line that I, I think has to be a joke about Willow, where one of the yeah. actors is like, or one of the rich people says to one of the the actors just like i don't what's this your character being gay i don't was get that it for, was that for, ratings? that for ratings no yeah i i definitely think that was an a joke about about willow on yeah. buffy or i guess to clarify i don't think it's a joke about willow but, uh, but about the reactions yeah. to willow's yeah. coming out mm-hmm. but yeah um interesting that they would put that in angel though <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, and what's really, f- and there is, like, a, um, a moment when, uh, Lindsay looks up and sees that, uh, oh, the hooded person's still up there. Surprise! The hooded person is Angel. <laughs> and, uh, and Angel is about to, and Angel's about to, like, get up there, but he's about to, like, go down there and just fuck up the party. But, uh, in order to do that, he's gotta get beat up by Boone first. Uh, so there's a fight, a fight ensues, um, and while this is happening, um, and while this is happening, uh, Anne realizes that, um, oh, I should play this video. Yeah. And so, uh, Lila and, so Lindsay's, like, gloating because, uh, it looks like Angel's been beaten up by Boone again, and he's like, oh no, Boone got me in. He's like, what? And... And he's like, well, I need I need the distraction. And both Lila and Lindsay see Anne heading towards the tape player with the with the videotape. And so they like just start 
rushing and pushing people aside <laughs> to get there. But she gets the tape in, and it turns out it is a mixture of Cordelia auditioning for several different things, whether it be talking to a coat rack or trying to say milk in every single way she could think of. Um, especially seductively. Um, milk. Her, her like, <laughs> I don't get it. Why am I not working? <laughs> Very funny. And also and, uh, the reaction to her other, talking to the coat rack, one of the actors just is like, I believe like, the court rack, the coat I, rack more. I'm like, ooh. Oh. <laughs> uh, and, uh, the other half of the video is, uh, Wes in his underwear, uh, pretending to be James Bond. <laughs> And doing weird things that even James Bond wouldn't do. Price. Wyndham Price. <laughs> yes. Uh, not featured on the videotape is Gun, which I think partially just out of, like, from a writer's perspective, it's just like, what wacky shit are we going to come up with for Gun to do? <laughs> and in universe, I think you could just say, like, oh, it's like, you know, when these were filmed, he wasn't as much part of the gang yet. Yeah. Um, and so Angel's, and that's when Lindsay's like, you kn- you didn't have any, like, you don't have a tape of us, do you? He's like, I got nothing, but you're on tape now. And, uh, and, uh, yeah, and so Lindsay and Lila have egg on their face. Um, so, and also they said like, oh yeah, and of course, like, I need somebody to take the money. And, uh, Boone has made off with the donations uh when angel's leaving and uh slaps him across the face and like you used me and um and he says like hey this is an important step um and she's like hey you lost all the charity money and he's like hey that money was tainted and i know you care about it and then leaves and yeah not not great not, not a good luck buddy yeah um and, like, he says that it's for a better purpose, but at this point, it really just does seem like it's just to fuck around with Lila and Lindsay. Oh, yeah. Like, they, there doesn't seem to be a an all, um, a noble motive here. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay and Lila have to answer to Nathan, and uh, he's like, um, so you embarrass the firm... And you hired an assassin to kill Angel. Mm-hmm. What the hell? Um, and and also, the assassin that you hired, turns out, he's friends with Angel. <laughs> yeah. um, and, uh, and he's like, you guys need to start accumulating victories fast. Because I am not like Holland. I don't have, like, I don't have the protection. I'm not willing to provide the protection that he did. Yeah. Um, there's a great moment where Lindsay basically is like, when he's getting read the riot act, he's just like, well, why the fuck shouldn't we kill Angel? Yeah. And Lila. No, no. Steps away from him. So Lila, when he says like, you need to start accumulating victories, um, and Lila says, oh yeah, sure. Absolutely. She's the yes man. Yeah. Um, but then that's when Lindsay's like, well, it's hard to do that with our hands tied for not killing Angel. Um, and yeah, and, and Lila does freak out a bit. Yeah. There's a, it's just so good. She looks at him like, what the fuck? And then like, 
puts like a good two feet of distance between the two yep. of them. Like, I, I didn't say it. Do not let me in yeah. with him. And then this is when Nathan says that like, oh, uh, need I remind you that Angel is a key player. And they say like, oh, in the business? Like, no, in the apocalypse, dumbasses. And like, oh, yeah, that thing. <laughs> and they said that um, it's not clear yet as to what side Angel will take. And what Wolfram and Hart wants to do is make sure that when the apocalypse does come, that that side is extremely gray. Um, so now we kind of know yeah. what their plan is. And yeah, apocalypse. Yeah. Wolfram and Hart's planning an apocalypse. And it's also really, it, it explains to why they don't want him necessarily to be angelus. Mm-hmm. Um, they need him more in this murky middle ground. Well, yeah, because as angelus, as it was proven with Dar- with Darla and Drusilla, they can't handle vampires. They can't handle vampire slayers. Like they they can't they couldn't handle Angelus. Yeah. Um. And uh. And yeah, that makes him too much of an X factor. Um. At this point, he's not doing anything. He's not doing anything besides fucking with Lila and Lindsay. Yeah. Um. And like. And yeah, he may have like lost. He may have caused the firm to lose out on two million dollars. But it's like a fucking law firm. They've got they've yeah. got money. Yeah, um, this was more about the PR than mm-hmm. the money. Um, yeah, and uh, and he does he does say that, like just so you guys know, Angel is invaluable. You two are expendable. So, uh, this is a hostile work environment. <laughs> but the benefits are amazing. <laughs> uh, Angel gets rid of his files on Anne. Um, when he's in the hotel, he's about to leave. However, Boone does show up. And he's like, how much is in there? He's like, well, counting jewelry, two and a half million dollars. And he's like, oh, that's a lot to, uh, that's a lot to lay on the line. He's like, I gotta know. And then, uh, which I think is a pretty clear reference to Rocky Three. Ah, okay. Have you seen Rocky Three? I've only seen Rocky. Okay. Um, Rocky Three, uh, after um, after Mickey dies while um, Rocky's getting his ass kicked by Clubber Lang, who's uh, played by Mr. T, mm-hmm. um, he's like, I uh, don't know what I can do without Mickey, his trainer. And uh, Apollo Creed says, like, I'm going to, like, I'm going to train you. Um, and... I'm not going to charge you anything, but I do have a price. And uh, he's just like, and um, he does help Rocky train um, and like develop a fighting style that can beat Cleverling. He does beat Cleverling. And at the end of it, probably one of the most famous scenes of Rocky that isn't in the first movie, he says like, I want to fight between us. No cameras, nothing, just the two of us. And I want to see who wins. And uh, it ends with, like, them throwing the punches at each other. And then, like, you have the freeze frame and you they play Eye of the Tiger. Oh, cool. So, yeah. Eye of the Tiger, not in Rocky 1. Eye of the Tiger's written in Rocky 3. Um, but, yeah. I love that they bring up... They bring that up in... Uh, I love Creed so much. Have you seen Creed? Nope. Oh, my gosh. I... I think Creed might be one of the best ways to revive a franchise ever. It's fantastic. But um, I do love that uh, after, like, it's been years since that movie, since Rocky Three came out. And uh, when 
um, Michael B. Jordan's character, um, Donnie, is, like, talking to Rocky. He's like, oh, um, like, those cameras, who won that fight? Because that was never revealed. Oh, and, uh, but, yeah, Rocky, like, looks at the picture of Apollo Creed and says, he did. Aww. No, like, I... Dish sweet. I actually... Let me know if you ever want to watch the Rocky movies, because... I will. I, I, I do want to watch them. I just... They're I'm, not a high priority. They're not a high priority. I liked the first one, but I'm just very much not into, quote-unquote, sports movies. And that's not to say that there aren't some that I have really enjoyed. Like, I did really like Rocky. Um, I really liked The Fighter, for instance. So, um, this is an interesting take. Um, I think that boxing movies are different from other sports movies. Okay. Boxing movies, I feel... I. While, yes, boxing is a sport, it always feels like, I mean, a lot of those sports movies are, like, you know, about teams getting together and rallying and stuff like that. Um, and I, I do I do enjoy some sports movies. Uh, remember the Titans. Absolutely love that movie. Um, but uh, boxing movies, since they always focus on a single, since you have, like, a single person mm-hmm. going up against another person... It's a much more personal story. Which, as we've discussed, like our favorite fight scenes typically are when it's very personal between yeah. two characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I totally see where you're coming um, from there. But, yeah, uh, yeah, the Rocky movies, and there are also a couple that I haven't seen. I haven't seen Rocky Five because everybody told me it was terrible. And because of that, I haven't seen Rocky Balboa, which I heard is pretty good. And But, like, I've seen the other, because there are six Rocky movies right. and, and then two Creed movies with, with a, a third, third one right? on the way. So I thought. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's really funny because like the first, I saw Rocky, then I didn't see anything else. And then I went to theaters to go see Creed because I heard everybody talking about it and it was phenomenal. It made me want to watch the rest of the Rocky movies. Nice. Um, that, yeah, that Creed is, Creed is just a great movie. <laughs> I, I recommend that to all of our viewers and you don't necessarily have to know the Rocky backstory, but if you do... They, like, have lots of little bits, like, nods to it, um, especially Rocky IV because of what happens in it. Uh, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It, it's so great. And, yeah, just watch Creed. Right. <laughs> it's so good. Um, but, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, the two fight, the two fight and uh, unlike Rocky III, you <laughs> do find out who wins, even though you don't see the fight. But, yeah, I, I always saw that. I saw that immediately. Was like that feels like Rocky three, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, the next scene does show uh, Angel delivering the money, all of it, all two point five million dollars to Anne, and um, and uh, she's like, and he says, and Angel's Angel took some hits in that fight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he is not in the best of shape, and but he obviously won. He says like Wolfman Hart's gonna be. Uh, gonna be coming for that money and she's like oh i'll find a way to hide it uh and uh and she does pick up like a wad of cash that has money on she's like what is this and um he says it's blood and she says it'll "It'll, wash it'll wash off i love that line yeah it's a good line it's a good line it's a good line it's a good line to end on Mm -hmm. it'll wash Mm -hmm. um and you know that's like very symbolic of where angel is at this point yeah uh because he's tainted yeah, he's tainted. Um, he's ready to just go by any means necessary, um, no matter who gets hurt, to take down Wolfram and Hart. And these are not like 
if he was doing it to help people, I'd make an argument that it's a little better, Mm -hmm. but he's doing this to fuck with Wolfram and Hart. Right. And he can like say, oh, the more I mess with them, like the safer it makes people, but that's all a load of shit. Yeah. And it's like, yes, Wolfram and Hart, they are evil and they do need to be dealt with, but like. Yeah, the way he's going about it is not helping people. It's just petty. Yeah. If if what he had actually if what he had done had actually like sus- like done like done irreparable damage to Wolfram and Hart in some way, then maybe I'd be like, okay, do the ends justify the means? Maybe in this case they do. But really all it ended up being was some bruised egos yeah and and yes Anne got the money at the end and that's great but i don't but think like but i think angel was always ready for the possibility that he wouldn't get that money back oh he absolutely was he, it almost seemed like he was expecting boone to leave with it yeah and yeah, not absolutely. come back yeah the him giving Anne the money at the end it was good of him and i'm sure it was something he could do to tell himself to justify, to what justify he did. it, yeah. But yes, he absolutely was not expecting Boone to come back with that money. Um, it's just it was lucky for his conscience that he did. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Not yeah, impressed, it, Angel. Not impressed yeah, with your behavior. That is um. Yeah, that is blood money, and uh, as as happens in the case when we as happens in the course of an episode, uh, talking about this and talking about like some of the deeper parts of it. I'm a little bit higher on this episode than right after I watched it. Mm. Um, but again, my I feel like the story is fairly throwaway. Um, it's really kind of all about the character moments. Yeah. Uh, specifically Angel, because like while, while I like to see the triumph of Wes Cordian Gun, it doesn't feel as substantial as it eventually will. Right. Um, it's really it, just even three as it did, scenes. Yeah, even as it did in the last, ep- in the last episode. Um, with, this, with like all the Caritas scenes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a lot of it just does kind of boil down to Angel. And, um, but yeah, that just boom coming out of nowhere and really only being there for the title of the mm-hmm. of the episode and uh and yeah just like just kind of fucking around with Wolfram and Hart I mean it it's an interesting way to go about developing Angel's character but I don't I wouldn't say it's the most effective way there's sometimes when like the the symbolism like the actual blood on the money yeah like is a little like eye rolly but um but yeah I I'd say that give this maybe a 2.5 mm-hmm. out of 5. Like nothing nothing too special. Um nothing too special as an episode. Yeah, yeah I agree. It, it's a thin story, but it is bolstered by some really good thematic work. Um and um and I and I do I like I really like Anne and I like yeah. her her role in this episode. Um, and I like seeing how this new dynamic, how Angel works when he's by himself, how, um, you know, how, uh, Lindsay and Lila have to act 
now that they don't have Holland's protection. Um, you know, how the trio is uh, of Gun Cordy and Wesley, how, how they interact without Angel. Um, so it is, it's like unfortunate that you do need to establish that it really needs to be like a case of the week, but that is just kind of the nature of the storytelling. Yeah. Um, I just wish it had been a little stronger case of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Boone is... Boone is kind of what throws it for me it because re- I feel like if you had, if you took out Boone and had something a little more connected yeah. to the, to like this robbery ball story or anything like that, or even like maybe a demon that is terrorizing the shelter or, um, or like maybe just like a demon that stays in the shelter and needs the help or whatever like something that's a little more tied to it but boone is just kind of out of nowhere yeah he's really taking up really valuable real estate in this episode and it's actually i was i was like why does this feel so familiar why does boone feel so familiar and i realized it's because it's the exact same plot line as in buffy season three um and enemy yes enemies where they trick uh, Faith and the mayor into thinking that Angel is reverted to Angelus. And the demon that turned him into Angel, who took his soul, the twist at the end, it was actually someone Giles knew all along. Oh, okay. And it was like, it's the exact same thing. Like, it's literally, like, Mm -hmm. the exact same plot twist. And, you know, it's Um, like... And I didn't like it there either. Yeah, and, you know, it's, um... (laughs) And, like, that plot twist, when I mean, you see it in other things, too. Like, uh, it's not great that it was also in, like, your parents' show. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it's, like, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's very transparent. Yeah. It also doesn't help that Boone is, like, just, like, cowboy. While we've also got, like, the cowboys i mean he's, he's not he's not those southern vampires though like yeah the 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 gorch brothers oh god <laughs> um oh my yeah so i yeah this episode is not terrible by any means um and it's doing some good stuff but it, it is being held back um and i you know i went in going like hey remember like you have to judge this episode on its merits and not the two episodes that came before. Yeah. Um, but, but I mean, yeah, that, but on its it, own merits, I'm, I, you, I have to give this episode, I think three blood monies out of five. You can, I, I don't think it's unfair to say, to judge it by the two episodes that came before, because I mean, the pay, like the pacing of the story of the season, um, has been important. And this, um, this kind of can take a little bit away from that yeah. pacing. There's nothing wrong with that. I agree with you on that point, but like, uh, as far as pacing goes, but like to expect, oh yeah, to like expect a, every a wham episode, to, to expect every episode to be on the level of the last two. Yeah. That's, that's sometimes a show has to take a, an episode to breathe and reset. Yeah, which is a lot of what this episode is doing, and that is fine. But I've seen other reset episodes that are stronger. Uh, Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with Buffy Season 5, Episode 13, Blood Ties. Back-to-back blood episodes, baby. I am so excited because this episode ends 
with Buffy coming into Dawn's room with a bag full of ties that are covered with blood. They have a really intense conversation. Dawn's like, what is that? And Buffy's like, it's blood. And Dawn's just like, it'll wash. But I won't. You need to do it. <laughs> Mom won't let me near the washing machine. Oh, no. <laughs> While I firmly believe that Dawn should be pulling her weight as far as household chores goes, do not let the girl near laundry or dishes. No. Oh, my God. I can easily see her um, putting just regular uh, soap into the uh, dishwasher instead of, like, dishwashing soap. <laughs> And so, like, bubbles just, everywhere. I'm just imagining just, like, a recreation of an I Love Lucy episode oh. with Dawn. <laughs> she really is the she really is the Lucy Ricardo of Buffy. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's the, like, like the web spin-off Mobisodes that I need. It's just, like, Dawn, Home Alone, proving why she does, in fact, need a babysitter. Buffy walks in and be like, Dawn, you got some splaining to do. Uh, okay. But in uh, no seriousness, Blood Ties is a very good episode. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij 357 and on Twitter at yamij. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those cases. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast uh, listening app of choice. And uh, I don't really like to try to give a shout out to a charity or nonprofit. Um, the uh, We don't have a specific one picked out this week. but I uh, ran out of time. <laughs> see, I was going to try to like cover for you. Yeah, it's good. Um, but uh, it is important to know like the ongoing um, conflict in Ukraine, the ongoing war. And um, I mean... Bless those got bless those people. They are putting up the yeah. fight of their lives. Yeah. And um, yeah, like obviously, find like just in any foundation that's providing aid to them, because I am. I have to say that I've never been more inspired by a fight for democracy than this. Yeah. Like I mean. Yeah, we've seen it in our history books. We've read about, like, the American Revolution, um, World War II. But this is, like, happening right now. Yeah. Like, this is history happening. And, um, yeah, David is holding off Goliath. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, don't forget all the other places in the world where f- fights against tyranny are not necessarily going as well. Mm-hmm. It's, un- yeah. I oh God, I'm depressed. I wish I had more to drink. <laughs> this is your house. You can drink more when you when we're done. Yay! Oh, update. It was not a bug. It was just rhymes. Just yeah, we're all good. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right. As always, go slay and be gay. Yes. Bye.